everyone. My name is Joey. My pronouns are they, them, and theirs. I am a graduate program coordinator at the Q Center. I'm a sex educator, and I'm getting my MSW MPH at uh, the University of Washington. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is David Callahan. I am also one of the graduate program co coordinators, as well as one of the co-hosts of Envy's Being Friendbies. Um, and I'm also uh, in the first year of my MSW program at UW, uh, and they, them pronouns. And my name is Allison Young. I use she and her pronouns. Um, I am in my first year at um, University of Washington MSW program, and I'm the audio, video, recording, and technology specialist with the Q Center. Cool. So to start things off, um, we're going to be talking about mostly forms of the erotic today. Um, so physical manifestations of the erotic. Also like masturbation, toys, and the ways in which we did or did not learn about how to engage in the sex, like in the kinds of sex that we like from our parents, from the educational system, so on and so forth. So it's gonna be good stuff. To start us off, um, we have an ice melter. And the ice melter is if you had a dildo that could be any color or could play any song, what color would it be and what song would you play? And it could be like, you know, a regular Roy G. Biv color, or it could be like the the galaxy inside of a dildo that wow. sings to me f like whale songs because that seems <laughs> celestial. Honestly, my, I feel like mine would be glittery, but I'm trying to think of what color I would want it to be. Maybe like a maybe like a lavender like purple like a light purple pastel color with like darker purple like swirls and just glitter gold glitter everywhere that's what i want going up in there nice that's awesome yeah if it played a song what song would it play this one's hard first song across in your head go <laughs> oh god <laughs> not montero probably like anything the weekend I'm gonna say. Yeah. yeah, I like thought you were gonna say Enya with, with as you started saying anything. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a throwback. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> Anything that would be good. David? Oh, uh, I I also I would want to know for the people who are not here, Joey decided to switch things up. And so now my brain is trying to like rethink <laughs> what do I wanna answer? No, no need to be sorry. Um so as far as color for those who are familiar with the luxury dildo brand of Bad Dragon, um, I like I picture I'm picturing all the colors in my head, but I don't know exactly what they have. A lot of like two tonal kind of like they're just very beautiful. Um, I'm thinking something dark, probably like like purple, like maybe on like the warmer color side of things maybe with some like brown or black tones in that as well um i don't know maybe i'll have to custom order one <laughs> and then um honestly for song um because i know how those vibration dildos work i'm wanting something really bassy so uh i'm gonna say seven nation army by the white stripes <laughs> just because it's like the basiest song i can think of and I, I really am curious how that would feel inside of myself <laughs> oh i love that actually i didn't think of it like that Ooh, such a good answer it's kind of spicy i'm spicy yeah <laughs> you'll learn today <laughs> so i think i don't know i've given a lot of thought to this question i've asked these questions a lot and like Never really had an answer that felt really true to myself. However, I think today I would want, like, a dildo that was a really soothing, like, ocean color. Like, sort of reminded me of the ocean and, like, the sort of different moods of the ocean. Um, and, like, yeah, felt watery and fluid in the, like, color scheme. And I think if we were to play a song... I... <sighs> Well, my standard answer is like anything by Rye. I think that's just like a great <laughs> open. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that song. All that everything, is. all everything and anything by Rye. Nice. Yeah. I love these vibes we're creating. Yes. Great. This is our melted ice. Yeah. Yes. 
gives us like good senses into like a how we're feeling today and just like how our beings are in the world mm-hmm. in like specific yes. contexts so yes well on the way over here we were talking we were having a great conversation um and i like wanted to bring it back to that we were talking about how we like are or are not taught about the kinds of sex that like we actually engage in in the world and like find pleasure in and yeah yeah i would love to jump into that (laughs) i'm very much i mean so i've kind of got like two i mean two things that i think about when i think about that topic is one as you know uh someone with a penis who typically interacts with other people that have penises i'm really like I I don't know anything about sapphic sex and I've never really, you know, like it's hard for me to think about. And I also don't like outright ask anyone about that because I'm just like, you know, I was really taught that like sex is penetration, which I've learned is not the case over time. But, you know, that also ties into the second thing that kind of interests me is just like how we learn and like me I just because I didn't really have any like anyone to teach me I just looked at porn and assumed that everyone that was gay had rippling abs and uh, (laughs) a a chest some (laughs) like giant pecs and eight inch plus dick um And then I became an adult and realized, oh, that's, that's not the real world. So I don't know. I think there's a lot to explore there. We, there's a lot that we don't get taught and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, not to mention that a lot of porn, especially with like sapphic porn that I've seen at least is from like the male gaze and it's not really like what I feel that I part or I engage in when I'm feeling intimate with women, and so I think there's also like a disconnect there. Like going off of what you were saying, David. Like I feel like there's just so many expectations and so many societal standards that like porn kind of sets us up for. Um, also, not to mention like we don't even know like which porn is like ethical to watch, and so it can be really hard to know like what we're watching and like how um like relevant it is to how we feel and what we want to know especially when it comes to sex education because um yeah I actually was not really exposed to porn when I was growing up but I more just went off of what my parents told me with like the whole sex talk when I was like 10 or 11 Um, And I just remember them saying, oh, like, um, a penis goes inside of a vagina when two people are in love. And then sometimes um, there's a baby from that. And you should always, the man should always wear condoms unless you're trying to have a baby. And so it was kind of more like just binaries. And I just, I never learned um how you know like how to have sex with a woman or what what people do um during sapphic sex um and how to be safe how to prevent stds it's just something that i never really was taught and kind of had to figure out like down the road yeah i think i'm like in a i was thinking about the sort of interesting position that i'm in as david was talking about how like I am somebody who has a vagina and I typically engage in intimacy and sex with other people who have vaginas and um but as a sex educator I have to know how like different kinds of sex looks for different people um and that being said like acknowledging that sex is incredibly expansive and unique and there's no way to know like all of the different ways that people engage in intimacy and enjoy that um but yeah it's actually been an interesting learning curve sort of having to teach myself you know, how to teach other people how to use condoms and how to teach other people about, like, what penis and vagina sex looks like or what, like, uh, solely penetrative sex looks like and talking about 
that with other people as sort of like the expert in the room felt really icky and like sticky for a long time. Um, and say again, (laughs) has it been there? Yeah. And like, part of that is also just, I knew what I was taught as a young person and, uh, that was that like a penis goes into a vagina and I was like horrified. I was like, what? (laughs) Like I have to do this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And my parents were great. Like, my um, <laughs> my mom, when I was nine, she asked me, she was like, do you know what sex is? And I was like, obviously. <laughs> like, oh, like, what? Tell me what it is. And I was like, it's when you're all sassy. And she was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I knew what sex in the city was, and I just assumed. Okay. That's the best. <laughs> A sex educator now. Um, but she thought it was gonna be like, I don't know, a 20 minute conversation where we would talk about what she thought of as sex, which was like putting a penis into a vagina and like, uh, having pleasure from that. She was really good at talking about the ways in which that's pleasurable, but it was hours. I had so many questions I did not understand. And I'm like wondering if that's a little bit why I wanted to become a sex educator so I could have answers for people and those answers are often like well I don't know because that might mean something different for you than it does for me um Mm -hmm. so that's another thing that I'm like really interested in talking about today is like how sex and intimacy looks for us and Mm -hmm. how we've enacted our learning through all of the different venues of learning that we've had so we've had porn we've had parents we've had Mm -hmm. sex ed that hasn't really been adequate sex ed we've Mm -hmm. had partners and we've had community teach us and movies media songs (laughs) like Mm -hmm. yeah you name it like there's so many ways that we've learned growing up about sex that might may or may not have like aligned with our actual experiences which is interesting yeah i think i love all of these topics um but i'm kind of one thing where my mind is going and something I don't really share with people outside of sex partners um, is for me I um, I was not a like I didn't really have sex until I was like 20 for the first time uh, I think I was like a sophomore in college and um, what I and so my ex, um, my boyfriend at the time, but current ex, um, was a little on the kinkier side. And, you know, um, sex wasn't really, like, between us, like, penetrative sex was just really, like, not the jam. And, um, but we both were really interested in sex toys. He had a decent, you know, mini collection and so when we weren't having sex um i just bought a bunch of sex toys and you know my way of exploring sex um for like a couple years was just me like you know like what size do i want like do i want to like be able to take girthier things do i want to be able to take longer things you know the infamous second hole and (laughs) you know which we will probably cover sometime but you know um i i feel like i had a way to tie that back in (laughs) can you explain what the second hole is to folks that like Um, i don't know oh really yeah oh i don't know (laughs) i didn't realize i was going to explain the second hole today yeah (laughs) um so the second hole basically it, so depending on how big your frame is or really just how your body is built, um, after a certain amount of inches inside of your anal cavity, um, like I think like eight plus for the standard person, but everyone's body is different. Um, there's, I believe it's called the sigmoid curve. I, uh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's nodding. Yes. Yes. The sigmoid curve. Um, it's, it's really, it's less of a hole and more of just like a, like a curve that you kind of have to push into. Um, it's, you know, more common with like fisting and like 
bigger toys. Um, but you know, I, I wanted to explore that realm of things and that, you know, cause especially too, I guess to go back a little bit of like, I always watched gay porn, which was like what I thought sex was supposed to be. And that's not what it was. And I wanted, I wanted it to be what I wanted it to be. And if that means taking giant toys up my butt, then that's what that means. Um, and I don't know. I think it's just really interesting. Like, I don't think we, I mean, most of us don't really get proper sex education. Mm-hmm. Um, even outside of school, like there's, as far as like, you know, even like family, like role models and mentors and like, it's such like a taboo thing that people don't talk about. And even too, we going back, it's like, Penetrative, penetrative sex. Like, like, if you talk to someone and you know, if you're in high school, you're like, oh yeah, sex is vaginal, anal, and oral. Like, and I think for people who have explored, like, that's like the general basis for sex for a lot of people. But it's like, well, no, like, there's a lot beyond just those three things, yeah. and yeah. yeah totally like there are a lot of avenues and like I don't know I'm still thinking about what you said about like how penetrative sex is kind of what we're first introduced to like generally and I know my family my parents or whatever like told me about that and that was the only way that they kind of said what it was and so me being um a woman who is intimate with women like it's very it was hard for me. I mean, it hasn't, I only recently started being intimate with women and it was really hard for me to know like, oh, did I lose my like virginity, quote unquote, like, have I had sex with this person? Like, were we just messing around? Was it a hookup? Like, what what does this mean? You know, because you know, there's kissing and then there's like touching and feeling like, is that sex? Like touching someone's breast, is that sex? Like touching the outside of you know touching over pants over clothes is that sex like what if you come is that sex even if you have clothes on like there's so many different ways to define it and it can be hard to know um I mean I think based on what society tells us um I would not be having sex because I don't really necessarily prioritize um penetrative sex so like I don't know if other people would say like that I'm not having sex when I feel that I am. Um, And that's something that's also like an issue that I think, I can probably speak for like many people in the queer community that like a lot of people, I mean like generally speaking, society might not say that it's sex when it feels like it to us. And so, I don't know, I've just never been really into penetrative sex at least not for like the main dish like it's kind of like I don't know like maybe the dessert or maybe an appetizer but like definitely not the spaghetti and meatballs for me (laughs) I love that (laughs) I don't know how y'all feel but just me yeah I'm thinking about as both of you were talking I'm thinking about how sex is taught to us as like this entity that like can or cannot involve intimacy sort of totally mm-hmm. like it's sort of just an anatomical like Perfect. act or like even transaction in some ways yeah and mm-hmm. how i we just skip the entire like realm of sort of expansive exciting magical intimacy and just go like this is sex mm-hmm. and like you'll get pleasure that way and hopefully uh and like sometimes and often actually times you're not even taught that you're supposed to have pleasure or experience pleasure especially if you're somebody who's been socialized to be a woman um yeah and so I'm thinking about that like huge skipped step where I didn't know that like I also feel good with like kissing and that feels amazing and like holding hands can feel really erotic or like playing with each other's hair or like all of the different ways that our bodies can like come in contact with one another or not like there's the tension is also something that's erotic the like not touch the not touching i think is something that we skip over as well totally yeah i i definitely 
I'm loving this. Um, yeah, I definitely agree in that it's, it's very much, it's, you know, you know it as an act, mm -hmm. but you don't, beyond that, you don't really learn, like, the intimacy that comes with that sex or the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. I mean, in gay hookup culture, there's a lot of, like, mm -hmm. you come into my house, we have sex, you leave, we never talk again. Like, that's very common. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, lear you know, learning that that's common when that's not something you want. Or, like, learning, you know, or even when you get into a situation where, like, maybe you are used to just having, like, rougher sex. And then you're like, oh, now I'm supposed to be gentle and intimate? Mm -hmm. Like, I just wanted to have rough sex and now all of a sudden... I care about this person and now we're like you know it's the tempo is slower and like the interactions are more sensual and less about immediate pleasure but more about enjoying the moment together like it's really I think I also I guess I want to tie back in and kind of learn y'all's perspective on like the sapphic end of things because I'm still yeah I'm I'm very puzzled <laughs> in regards to like what sex is without penetration you know i've i have some decent involvement in the kink community so i can see i can see kink as sex which is to an extent which is you know difficult on its own but like you know i think about uh allison what you were saying of like when you were talking about like feeling someone up uh over their clothes mm -hmm. it was thinking of I forget what book it was but I you know just kind of like um like when teenagers or you know like in young adult novels where they talk about like oh like like I put my hand like over their uh vagina or their penis and like rubbed it and it's like you know when you go back and tell all the boys at school, you're like, oh, yeah, we had sex. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it goes back to that notion of, like, you know, as, as, uh, well, for some of us, I think as teenagers, we very much want to, like, being sex is kind of a status symbol. Mm -hmm. And so, like, whatever you can do to justify to say that you had sex is sex. But you, you kind of want to go back on that and be like, well, what? Yeah, I, I want to hear you take a so breath. I have three thoughts. Yes. Thought number one, um, that language is like definitely what we use as young people, and the vagina is the inside, the vulva is actually the outside. Okay. So just like, <laughs> for our listeners, um, because also like that's not known, right? Yeah. Like, so that's number one. Number two, um, I, I also just have been thinking about and want to name that like when we talk about sapphic sex, it can it obviously can include penetration because like some women have penises and some women have like ambiguous genitalia and so like when we're talking about sapphic sex we're talking about sex between two people who identify as women or who identify with like some aspect of womanhood um and thirdly what's interesting to me is that like you're sort of talking about sex as a status symbol and for people who are socialized as women sex is not a status symbol sex is oh, yeah. sex or being identified as somebody who has sex in high school is uh can be like crushing to your like high school reputation which mm -hmm. now to say like high school reputation feels so small but yeah. at the time is everything it's, it's our being yeah mm -hmm. it's all consuming i didn't really think about that it's <laughs> have... different for, mm -hmm. for yeah. i mean like Definitely for, like, different genders, but also just, like, like the gender roles and the stereotypes. Like, I don't know. I've noticed a lot with, like, men and, like, with boys when they're in high school. It's like, oh, dude, did you lose your virginity yet? And then with girls, like, it was a lot of the times it was very much, like, I don't know. It was, like, a little bit more shame on that end, at least from my experiences. Um, but... I have a thought, actually, that I want to respond to that you yeah. said, David, when you were saying, I'm wondering how it is on the sapphic end, and you were kind of talking about how with, sometimes with hookup culture, I don't know if you were just referring to 
um, like more of the gay community or what in general, but um, like how it can be like you come over, like you have sex and then you leave and not talk again. Like that, that's definitely one, one thing that I've seen in the queer community, but I know that like for a lot of like women loving women and um, for my experiences, it's, <laughs> I'll give an example. Like I went on a date um, on Monday and I left at like 5 p.m. And then I, <laughs> I got back Wednesday morning. <laughs> so like, you know, like, and we spent two nights together. We did everything together in those two days. She called me her girlfriend. You know, we were very, very intimate. We were playing with each other's hair. We took a bath together. We made dinner together. We practically dated for like, we felt like we were dating and you know, and it's very, very, very intimate in those ways. Kind of like what you were saying, Joey, about like the different ways that you can share intimacy with someone without sex. Because we did engage in sexual activities, but we also, you know, just like taking the bath together and like just like being able to spend time like in um, like kind of at the late hours of the night. I think that's a really intimate thing. Sometimes to me, that's more intimate than sex. Just like being, you know, waking up to somebody can be really intimate. Um, or, you know, washing someone's hair or just um, meeting their, either meeting their roommates, meeting their family, meeting their friends, um, you know, meeting their dog is a huge one. <laughs> yeah, I met her dog and I was like, oh my God, like I can't go anywhere now. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like I've heard, I mean, my roommates are, all my roommates are queer and a few of them are, um, gay men and they they are used to the hookup culture of like me I meet you we have sex and then we don't talk again and that's just like not the case for me like it's very much like I mean and the whole U-Haul lesbian culture thing I was I was literally just gonna let's talk say about that. it let's, yeah. let's talk about it well because and like even too I don't I again I don't know a lot about that like um but yeah that's what I was thinking of is like you know, uh, my speaking from my experience, you know, I've I've learned the trope of like U-Haul lesbians and being like, oh, we met each other three weeks ago and now we're moving in, or like <laughs> we bought a cat together, <laughs> and like that that's kind nice of one. yeah, and you know, and I don't, that's not <laughs> like that's never even that's not how I think about it, but even like going back thinking about like how we were socialized like Mm -hmm. in high school and like as kids and all that stuff I'm starting to think about you know growing up in a male identity and kind of that you know masculine uh being seen that way and having to take those masculine roles um I think that develops a lot in gay men because you know and I didn't, you know, I, until you, y'all said something, I didn't really think about of like, oh yeah, like slut shaming <laughs> and like, you know, like, like guys at school or in high school, you know, it, the, just the double standard of like a guy who has a lot of sex is like, you know, the coolest guy in school. A girl who has a lot of sex is like a slut in a derogatory sense. Yeah which I, I don't, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's like, you know, I, um, I definitely, um, just think about like, as boys are socialized, um, we're kind of taught to be like hypersexual beings and to like, okay, you want to have sex and you want to have pleasure and you want to like, you know, da, 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 da. But then you also think of the other lens and you think of like, oh, well, like, what if you weren't raised like as a boy with like masculine kind of expectations and, you know, being sapphic and like how that translates into it and translating into, I am, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to leave it there because I don't want to make any assumptions of like how y'all have perceived the world as you grew up because I have absolutely no idea but yeah I think like I was also thinking about the ways in which the joke that I've always heard is like um what do two gay men bring to a date what's it or sorry what do two gay men bring to a second date what's a second date 
What do two like <laughs> lesbians bring to a second date? A U-Haul. Right? <laughs> it's a joke I've always heard. That's so true. And you know, it's rooted in in stereotypes, but it's also really rooted in the constructions of masculinity and femininity and how we've yeah. learned to enact that. I think like the ways in which I have been raised in a construction of femininity was like to be a caretaker and to be caring. And so like in relationships that involve two people who identify with like some aspect of womanhood or who were socialized as women, there is a lot of care that happens. Um, And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I actually think that's a really cool thing. I think the, the rub is where it is in relation to the construction of like masculinity and the ways in which sometimes like when you're trying to enact masculinity or when you're somebody who's been socialized as a woman and who feels like they need to aspire to some sort of sense of masculinity um that like all of those masculine tropes then like also come into the picture and so you're like unlearning and learning all of these socializations all at once and like Mm -hmm. not all of them are ways that are true to you right and i'm also thinking about the ways in which like people who were socialized as men are constructed to be considered hypersexual um Mm -hmm. and how that hypersexuality like either validates or invalidates your humanity Mm -hmm. and on the flip side if you're socialized in femininity your ability to care for other people and to have empathy or not is directly tied to like your perceived humanity as well and so i i personally sometimes feel like when we're in situations that are intimate we are constantly striving to like reach or achieve the humanity that we've been told we only deserve if we enact a certain kind of construction of gender that's been like my experience um yeah i'll leave it there (laughs) that's really interesting to think about and it kind of brings me to this idea of like i don't know um really all i can speak on is my own sexuality my own experiences but like i i'm just wondering like if we any of us have noticed differences i know for me like i've noticed differences in my relationships with men where there's um like a woman and a man and those dynamics and the sexual tension and the sexual dynamics and the um intimacy and the the caring nature that you were saying versus like my relationship with women and like those sexual dynamics and and those interpersonal dynamics and just everything like and I'm wondering if like anybody else can speak on that or like if anyone has like thoughts thoughts about those differences or if you've seen observed them and others I honestly would have no idea I've only really had relationships with men um only thing I really think of is kind of the whole trope of like I got this. I got asked this so much in high school when I came out. It's just like, are you the pitcher or the catcher? Like, are you the top or the bottom? Oh. And I'm like, you know, and like, I mean, that's so outdated at this point. Like, I don't hear anyone talk about that anymore. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, you know, coming out as gay to a lot of like straight boys, you know, they're like, oh, so if you're the bottom... That means that you're feminine. That mm-hmm. um, also being the ask ask the question of like who pays for the bill mm-hmm. and like like why the fuck does it matter to you? <laughs> like uh, you know, I, uh, it was just really like I don't know. I I don't know what it's like. I I know what it's like like dating other men who are or dating men <laughs> um, who. Um, like everyone has varying expressions and levels of masculinity and femininity Mm -hmm. and maybe with one person I have more masculinity but with another person I show more femininity Mm -hmm. and or maybe in this scenario I show more masculinity but in that one I show more femininity like it's really I have no idea what it would be like to be in 
a relationship with the woman and that socialization or you know if I took like a more kind of if like being if I yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't know I'm, I'm curious uh, about that as well I think can you like ask the question with different words <laughs> yeah um, I was kind of struggling with wording this question actually um, but like have you noticed I guess I'm just asking like if you've been with men like if you've noticed differences in that in those relationship dynamics like than being in relationships with women and like if so what differences have you noticed hmm. well I think I think that question is hard even like because like I'm a non-binary person and like also have only like just in the past few years sort of like found like settled in that identity in myself and like Mm -hmm. who's to say that's not going to change there are certainly aspects of womanhood I still identify with Mm -hmm. and so I think it feels itchy or like there's like tension or a rub there for me about like yeah I totally notice differences between the different kinds of people I've been with and it wasn't necessarily based around their experience of gender, but it was actually more based around my experience of gender and how I experienced their gender. So, like, I have only ever dated one man. Um, and that was, like, in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, remember sort of expecting this typical construction of like a hetero relationship Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really there like he was an incredibly emotional and like emotionally vulnerable person Mm -hmm. and I was incredibly like shut down because I I wasn't attracted to him and I didn't understand why Mm -hmm. um and I sort of blamed it on his softness right (laughs) and so I'm like so that's like me and my socialization perpetuating these like really harmful toxic masculine ideas Mm -hmm. and then as I have dated different kinds of people who have identified with some aspect of womanhood or who have been socialized as women like my last partner was was very masculine and struggled a lot with or very like what we we would consider masculine Mm -hmm. and struggled a lot with her identity as somebody who like was visibly queer and Mm -hmm. was like I think in that tension of like I really want to be identified by the world as a man Mm -hmm. and like I come from a small town in the midwest and like can't actually do that because being queer is quote-unquote bad enough Mm -hmm. and then I've dated people who are like very feminine and like their sexuality and gender is not something that like they struggle with they're just like I am who I am and it is whatever it's not necessarily part of my story in the way that like I feel like it's part of our stories Mm -hmm. and I felt myself constructing my gender around the person that I was with so like with my like most recent ex-partner um they were like a pretty masculine individual and so I found myself sort of like leading into my femininity a little bit which Mm -hmm. like felt sort of weird and hetero but also like enjoyable like I I enjoyed existing as a non-binary person who wears makeup and jewelry and like rocks a dress yeah and when I have dated more feminine people I find myself leading into a more masculine space and it's like I don't know I have to do like a lot of self-excavation around that and how like I am upholding heteronormative ideals and how my gender is somehow contingent on like who I'm romantically involved with yeah Yeah. no that's really interesting and like I'm sorry like for the itchiness and (laughs) I'm really grateful for both of your honesty about this and this is something that I'm still learning about and um yeah I first of all totally identify with the like the whole 
like based on who you're romantic with it can sometimes like affect the way that we see our own gender mm -hmm. expression at least for me like I definitely I can be very masculine at times the way that I feel internally the way that I dress the way that I carry myself um, I just I feel masculine some days and then some days I feel more feminine and like the whole like jewelry rocking the dress mm -hmm. thing like I totally feel that and it does sometimes it's me but a lot of the time it is like who I'm with or who I'm spending time with and when ex-partner and I um when we would go out when we first started dating she would always say like um like oh like we'd be like what are you wearing like we coordinate and like <laughs> I would be wearing like the flannel and like the you know like the ripped jeans like the oversized sweater you know um and like the hat and then she would be she would wear like the dress or like we would literally always be like because we have to dress opposite and that's i'm thinking of what you said like that's i mean we didn't have to but like we kind of just like did that like sure. i would it was mostly me i would find myself being like yo what are you wearing like i'm gonna wear the opposite and it just reminds me of like those internalized like gender roles that you were kind of saying it feels like um just like a binary so like there feels like i don't know like heteronormative a little um, which is something that like I noticed in my queer relationship and I was like, oh my god, what are we doing here? Like what's happening? Um, but yeah, and also like to answer my own question I've noticed that in the relationships I've had with men um, I've just generally had um, a lot I don't know how to put this um, Okay, so sexually I've I think like with women sometimes and I don't know what this experience is like for other women but I feel like for me when I'm with the women sexually like we have experience with our own bodies and sometimes that helps us when we're like communicating about like what feels good for us during sex um, or what feels intimate for us during any sort of touching or like uh, physical intimacy and whereas like I found myself with men having um, sometimes miscommunications I feel like on my end sometimes I feel a little like scared to speak up about what I want and a little more obligated to give them what they want um, and that just might be a personal thing but I've always kind of I don't know when I was dating men in high school and like even in college I just felt uh, I think I felt a little bit of the pressure of like if I don't have sex with them or make them happy sexually, like what is the reason for them to stay around? And I think with women, it was a lot of like the caring um, Joey that you were talking about and like the intimacy and like sometimes I will have a friendship so deep with a woman that I won't even know if it feels like more or if it's just a friendship just because mm -hmm. of the, just the natural intimate nature of women loving women and those types of relationships. Um, so, yeah. I've, I've got a lot of feelings. I've got a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of great things coming up. I definitely, I definitely want to jump, or, well, I have a couple points, but I definitely eventually want to jump back into kind of thinking about sapphic sex and what that is, because I'm really, like, when I say I have no idea, I mean I have no idea. Like, I'm, like, you know, you talk about intimacy, but, you know, um, but a couple of things I wanted to add before that, um, if I can pull them all out of my mind, <laughs> of, um, I, I kind of cut myself off earlier, uh, but, um, Joey kind of, you know, said what I was wanting to say of like, yeah, being non-binary and, you know, like, what if I was to lean in more to my femininity and like, I was the feminine figure, you know, with someone who was more masculine and like also kind of the thing about being a masculine presenting non-binary person involved in gay culture is that like I get labeled as a gay man and even at times I have to <laughs> I have to remember that I'm not a gay man <laughs> like that's not my identity you know um and thinking about that uh but, you know, with gay men, it's the total opposite of, like, the whole, like, mask for mask of, like, a lot of gay men want someone who is hyper-masculine and, you know, like, no femininity. This is a masculine-only relationship. Mm. And, um, 
I feel like I was going to say something else. Um, we've, we've gone over a lot of good things. Um, but yeah, um, kind of at the, kind of an end point that you were talking about, Allison, too, of just like, um, like having gender roles or no, oh, well, no. So, uh, about like intimacy uh, with, um, just like intimacy with friends and mm-hmm. like well is that more than that right. like for me i've very much just been like okay anyone that i have sex with is friends with benefits like i'm not i'm not giving you any more than that that's <laughs> what we're calling this um you know and like everyone everyone that i have any sort of flirty relationship any of that like that's friends and if if it if we you know engage in some sort of physical interaction then we're friends with benefits but I never you know it never crosses in my mind of like are we like dating now because I think I think some gay men have that you know of just like the phrase like catching feelings of like (laughs) you have sex with someone three times and it's like I think I really like this person and then this other person is like, no, I just like having sex with you. I don't right. want to be romantic with you. And me just being like, I'm not going to allow myself to be romantic with anyone because I just want to enjoy sex and I don't want to catch feelings. And I, I, put up that, I put up that wall. Um, but I am curious. I mean, I, you know, I know I just said a lot, but I, I really, I'm still thinking about like, like, even when I have sex, like, I always try to make a point, like, if it's not anal, it's oral. Or, like, you know, we're touching each other's dicks or something. Like, there's some sort of, like, the genitals are involved in some capacity or, you know, like, even, like, it, and, you know, and then I have to like abstract it you know if I engage in something kinky like kink play and I'm like you know the whole concept of like well did I have sex or like a scene Mm -hmm. like um I had a lot of fun but like you know how many times that I've engaged in kink would I actually label that as sex Mm -hmm. like there's been times Mm -hmm. where you know just being tied up and being made out with did I have sex with someone or did I just make up make out with someone while I was tied up mm-hmm. but maybe that is sex I have no I have no idea so I'm having a couple of thoughts first I think there's like a couple of conversations happening that I think are really intriguing and, and like good to go into and I'm also noticing the time yeah. um, the first is that like I think one of the ways particularly in which western culture has like and like when I say Western culture, I mean like white supremacist, like colonizer <laughs> culture. Yeah. Sort of atomizes us uh, and truncates our identities to be like sexual is like one very small facet of who we are and how we get to be. And it's not always. And then the other way is, is like how you are a person in the world and in public. And I feel like that's one of the. I don't like that. I think, like, we should get to be our whole selves all the time. And obviously that's a nuanced thing. Like, I I also want to acknowledge that, like, there are a lot of people who have and need, like, a lot of boundaries around talking about sex and, like, being a full erotic person, like, all the time. Um, but I think that also leads into, like, how we think about friendships and, like, deep romantic friendships and love around friendships. Because I think there is a depth that can be achieved in friendships that is like real deep love that like isn't kinky or erotic or sexual Mm -hmm. and that's fine or maybe it is erotic maybe i want to have a a more expansive idea of what erotic means but maybe it's not sexual um and maybe we have like deep romantic feelings for somebody who we are also having sex with and i don't like the idea that we have to like turn off our feelings yeah because like turning off our feelings never is a like for me anyway it like never ends well it it really leads to like a numbing and so I think we sort of 
at least for me, I want to expand my idea of what, like, emotional capacity can be and, like, what the entire spectrum of emotions... I want to expand the spectrum of emotions, like, available to me. That's on the one hand. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, when you're talking about, like, what is sex and, like, is it sex if genitals are not involved... I'm always hesitant, and, like, what is sapphic sex? I'm, like, really hesitant to define sex ever. Because I don't think it can be. I think it is incredibly unique and individual to each person. I think it is an expansive idea. I think, like, I'm happy to describe to you, like, the kinds of, like, intimacy and sex I've engaged in as a person with a vagina, like, typically having sex with other people who have vaginas. But that's just, like, my version of it, right? It doesn't... Mm -hmm. It, it is multifaceted, it is multiformed, it is fluid, it is ever-changing. And it is however you define it. So, like, maybe, like, sitting across from somebody in a room and, like, feeling their energy and, like, having a super erotic moment without even, like, touching each other, like, maybe that's sex. Mm. And that's okay. I fucking... <laughs> I fucking totally! <laughs> I've never heard of that, but I like that. I love that, actually. Yeah. Did you have any more thoughts? Because um, I know you mentioned a few. I think that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, curious to hear your thoughts on, like... Well, I have a question, but I, I also want to hear your thoughts about, um, like, romantic friendship and, like, love and what that looks like and the ways in which we can expand our ideas of what sex is. Yeah, um, I fall in love very easily. I'm an Aries, <laughs> not to bring in my sign, but I have such a, um, a like expansive capacity, I guess, for love. And so that's why I was saying earlier that it can be hard for me to distinguish kind of like when I have um, intimate feelings with a friend and I'm just very close with them or if I'm feeling romantically attracted to that person. And that's been a confusion I've kind of dealt with my almost my entire life um, just because I like love so deeply. Um, and I think... After coming out, um, I have gotten even more confused um, because I'm so used to suppressing like my feelings towards women and my attraction towards women because of the internalized homophobia that I was raised in and you know kind of brought up in culturally. So I think um, I can I just I have trouble battling between those two and it, the lines can be blurred a lot of the times for me. Um, and also, in terms of sex being expansive, I completely 100% agree, Joey, with what you were saying about just how it's... Yeah, I was kind of... Feel, I couldn't put it into words, but I was feeling hesitant to define it as well. I think... Um, I think for me, um, sex with women um, oftentimes... Um, this is so hard. I'm trying to like think of a way to say this. I think it's when it's literally okay. I'm not even gonna say what I was gonna say, but I was in the car with this girl and we were driving and the sun was setting and she was like driving with one hand on the wheel and her other hand was like touching my hand and I was just like like I was stroking her thumb. And, gosh, like, this really good song was playing, and we were just driving, and her dog was in the car, and, like, she just looked over me at the stoplight, and, like, that was the most, one of the most intimate moments mm-hmm. I've had, like, period. What was your question? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, oh, I really appreciate that and love that a lot. <laughs> I had a question, but I think we should, like, start closing. And so if folks are okay with that, like, maybe I can ask a closing question. For next David, time. did you want to say something? Yeah, I, wanna, I wanted to put my last words. I definitely, you said you had a question, so I wanted, <laughs> I, now I want to know your question. But I guess to kind of, and we can, I mean, also, too, we can edit out whatever we want. So <laughs> maybe you never asked a question. But anyways... <laughs> I, um, I'm starting to, you know, I really love that thinking about like, well, sex can be whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of just speaks to the identity I was kind of 
uh, you know, how I was raised in a masculine identity of like, <laughs> I feel like I wanted to know what it is and I've wanted like an explanation, but it's like, oh, the explanation is that there is no explanation. Mm-hmm. Like, and also too, like, this is a whole, this would be a whole nother thing, but like, you know, intimacy versus sex mm-hmm. and like, you know, I've had plenty of intimate moments that mm-hmm. they didn't have to do with genitalia and I was mm-hmm. like sitting in the car with someone or like you know just chilling watching a movie or you know yeah. like cuddling I love cuddling yeah like mm-hmm. you know and like that that's not sex it's intimate but I guess my one thing I want to kind of close with uh, are my <laughs> uh last thing I want to say before um we close is um a little bit of a story of just like i have a i have a friend and i'm <laughs> might actually send this podcast to him but we're really good friends we're really close friends and he was one of the first people that i started hooking up with regularly and you know he's my friends with benefits like mm-hmm. and you know whenever we hung out in public like went out to the bar or like went out to hang out with friends at a party or something we were always very physically intimate with each other we were always like hugging cuddling holding hands rubbing on each other you know not necessarily like sexually but just like very physically close and people always thought we were dating Mm -hmm. um and whenever we hang out we're all you know um we're always like cuddling we're always have a lot of physical contact and but I've always kind of, and and we're also two very different people. Like I couldn't imagine us dating, like, you know, very much a businessman, which is not my vibe, you know, like um, <laughs> the topic of politics, when we first started meeting, I'm like, I respect, you know, you can have your political viewpoint. I don't care if it's similar to mine. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to know because I feel like, that's a whole that's a very sticky thing with me if I ever want to you know if I ever explore having a romantic relationship with someone but yeah I'm but with him you know it's an intimate relationship it's not Mm. it's not a romantic relationship um it's platonic but like every time we hang out it's very intimate it's very filled with you know, love and caring for each other and wanting to have a fun time. And, you know, it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be romantic. It doesn't have to be anything. Mm -hmm. You know, we purposely were like, we're not going to put a label on this. You know, we're not in a relationship. We're just friends who like to fuck each other (laughs) and eat pizza and cuddle and, you know, hold hands and... Yeah, I kind of encourage that of, like, you don't have to put any one name to any relationship you have. You don't even have to call it friends. You don't, like, it doesn't have to be anything. It's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into any type of relationship beyond romance and sexuality. Totally. Yeah, I think that speaks to, like, the ways in which we're taught to find fulfillment through one romantic and sexual partner and then like friendships but like really no one could ever measure up to the like a best friend or be like spouse mm-hmm. and like tip like you know you always hear the trope my spouse is my best friend which like is a beautiful thing but I also think that we can expand our ideas of how we are fulfilled in relationships we can expand the ideas of what intimacy looks like in friendships and platonic relationships and sex in platonic relationships and sex and intimate relationships and for some people sex and intimacy are the same thing for some people they're not mm-hmm. um, for some people romance and sex are the same thing for some people are not you know I could go down the list so I think my on that note I think my closing question is like what is one thing what is one way that you find fulfillment that is surprising to you because like we weren't necessarily taught 
about the different ways to find fulfillment in relationship with other people or in relationship with ourselves. Can you define fulfillment? No. Like what you mean by that? <laughs> oh. I think we have to define fulfillment. Dang it. Is this a question we're answering like right now or like next time? I whatever. We could answer it now. We can answer it next time. Do you have a thought? I'm having a hard time because I don't know. I feel like fulfillment is too broad for me to have an answer. I have I'm like, I'm like fulfilling what? Yeah. What is the fulfillment of? Because. Well, do you know like what the feeling of fulfillment feels like? The like, have like, having a full cup, like, experiencing joy or warmth or something that you're like, wow, I, I feel full. I feel big and spacious I think being fulfilled is something that happens within smaller things like being fulfilled in, these are examples but like being fulfilled in a relationship being fulfilled in sex being fulfilled in school being fulfilled totally. in work like how am I fulfilled well I can give you an answer how am I fulfilled in work when I get all my progress notes in <laughs> But that's not, I don't think that's... No, sorry, let me redefine the question. Yeah. The question is not, like, how do you find fulfillment, period. The question is, like, what is one thing that brings you some level of fulfillment, but that is surprising in its capacity to bring you fulfillment? And, like, I think an example for me is that I am constantly surprised because of the ways in which we are taught about romantic and sexual relationships I'm constantly surprised that I can have deep, romantic, platonic relationships and that I am completely fulfilled in that. Like, there's not a wanting there. There's not a a lack. Um, And I think we're taught that, like, if sex is not there and it's a romantic relationship, then it's lacking something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and that's something that, like, is surprising to me still. I definitely think that relationship I mentioned earlier is 100% surprising to me and will be perplexing and growing my mind till the end of time. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot from him. We're still very close. Um, but I guess outside of him, one of the things that is really fulfilling to me and is when I feel that someone cares about me um, you know, either as a friend or in some other aspect, is when I don't have to tell them what I need when I'm upset. Because I get upset and someone says, how can I help? What can I do? Mm-hmm. When someone knows, when I just need someone to listen, I love that. When someone knows I just need to talk to talk and I don't want to talk about what's on my mind I love that when someone's like let's just get pizza and watch a movie and like forget the world for a little little bit I love that you know it, it's just so, so surprising when someone is like they've learned enough about you to know how to help you and how to take care of you and I, I I just feel like that's magical. It's it's really mm-hmm. that makes me feel fulfilled when I I I know I know that person cares about me, um, and I know that they've taken time and effort to show how much they care. Um, yeah. What about you? I that's... love that. <laughs> no, I agree. I I agree with that. Just when someone knows you to the point where they can pick up on like what you need, or they they know how to support you um that's really special um i'm still gnawing on this question honestly um chewing it up i don't think there necessarily has to be an answer yeah Yeah. i want one because i know i understand the question and i think it's a beautiful question i think um I think when someone I care about meets my family and gets along with my family, it's something that will never, a feeling that will never be replaced. Nothing will ever um, equate to the feeling when someone I care about 
um, blends right in with my family and just the people I love. I think that fulfills me in a way I can't describe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you all for the first <laughs> or for this episode of NBs Being Friendbies. I think as a final note, uh, let's just be comfortable in the ambiguity. Mm-hmm. If we don't know what's... We don't have to say that something's fulfilling. We don't have to say something's intimate. We don't have to say it's sex. I think we should just enjoy feelings for how they are and uh, enjoy the experiences that we have in this world while we have them. Um, so, yeah. Any any last words? Any last notes? No, I think... I love the like living in the ambiguity and and I know that naming things can sometimes feel really powerful and so I encourage folks to do that as well and for me though I'm I'm excited to keep swimming in the weird oceanic ambiguity because I love it yes well until next time everyone enjoy your swim in the ocean of ambiguity (laughs) uh and we will see you in the near future